You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the post-winter meetings edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, uh, who is gearing up for playoff uh, ball tonight. Unfortunately, it is his Thursday night softball league, and that's the White Sox. That are hey, it playoff. Playoff, playoff baseball is playoff baseball, even when it's... <laughs> Uh, adult recreation softball. (laughs) (laughs) We have far much more going for us right now than the Chicago White Sox do, despite how we made no moves in free agency really as well. Well, uh, yes. uh, On the bright side, I I looked through it with one exception. The entire pathetic American League Central basically did nothing. Twins are still going backwards. Uh, Carlos Correa is still out there. They are still interested in bringing him back, and that would be bad for the White Sox if they succeed. But it's looking now, given where the two shortstops who have already gone have gone uh, with with, uh, Turner and Bogarts, that uh, there's going to be some big money teams going after Correa, probably in the 300 million range? Uh, Without a doubt. I I think Correa is definitely going to be a $300 million man. I do know he is not going to come to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have declared that they are not going to pursue him because they're still mad at him uh, for the sign-stealing scandal that the Dodgers fell victim to. Um, 
So I don't know where the 300 million is going to come from. He could end up in San Francisco. Uh, and then Dansby Swanson being the other one who's still on the boards will command, I think, a bit less than 300 million. Yeah, 200 um, or something. But he is going to get more than he's worth. The shortstop contracts are so bloated this year. This is a good year to be a shortstop. Well, speaking of being a shortstop, getting to the White Sox, strange, I mean, strange things. I mean, the White Sox have done what? They've, they've, they've picked up some guy named Nate Fisher on a minor league contract. The only thing they've got full, really, is the relief core, the grossly overpaid relief core, most expensive relief core in history. And yet they go to two. They, they did the Rule 5 draft on Wednesday. We were recording this on Thursday right after the meetings. The Rule 5 draft, they go for another relief pitcher. Uh, guy who had a really good 2022 after a really miserable 2021, but it's still down in the kind of high A, double A uh, range. He's, although they have to put him on the 26 man or he's bye bye. Yeah. I, I actually didn't hate that draft pick. Uh, he does actually have some decent upside and. I think he could play Major League Baseball in 2023. Well, and presumably Ethan Katz is, is very familiar with him from his time at San Francisco uh, and dealing with San Francisco minor leaguers as well. So there could be a reason for that. And, and there'll be injuries. But there, there are eight guys in the 26-man right now and a ninth one due in June or July when Garrett Crochet uh, comes off the I.L. So that's the one place where they don't have gaping holes. On the no, team. no. And, and <laughs> so that's unless, the one they're going to fill up. Unless they're going to seriously consider dealing Liam Hendricks, which I think is quite possible at this point. Now, that's what I would, we, we were talking about the shortstop thing and then Hendricks and they go together because lots of uh, the White Sox are listening on Liam Hendricks. They're not shopping it, but they're listening. Okay. If anybody wants a reliever from the White Sox, that's the one they want. Although I would think Kendall Graveman would be a possibility as well. And some of the lesser money teams would uh, love to have Reynaldo Lopez. Sure. there's still team control there. But those are the only three. That... And he can eat innings. You know, teams that, yeah, yeah, teams that yeah. aren't trying he, to win. He can, but... he, can be a, he can be a middle reliever as well as, as a one-inning or late-inning guy. 100%. But at the same time, they're going, Hendricks' name is floating out there. It's, well, yeah, it's there. It's a possibility. It's possible. Yeah. And really, he's, we got so little that anybody would trade for on the whole team or the whole farm system. Uh, yes, they'd be very happy to take Wilson Montgomery off our hands. But basically, no, if anybody we have to trade, a Luis Robert, for example, just leaves a bigger hole <laughs> than whatever it would have filled up with the trade anyway. So, but the other thing that's out there is White Sox say they're not trading Tim Anderson. Well, there are 500 guys in the major leagues who are not being traded. By yeah. Team. Why is it a thing? And it's been more than one place that I've seen it. It's not like one crazy Bob Nightingale or something. It, it's several no, places. It, it, going, no, White Sox are saying they're not trading Tim Anderson. Well, what would make anybody think they were unless they floated something out there somehow? It, it made it onto MLB trade rumors, which I I don't know how you can rumor 
something that no one was ever going to do to begin with and no one was interested in and no one's been considering it. It is like the White Sox just wanted to have a post like in, in the, in Hollywood, if you, you know, you desperately want your deadline article. So you find like the dumbest thing and get your publicist to give you your deadline article. This, this felt like that, but for baseball of no one's talking about the White Sox because the White Sox aren't doing anything. So let's just put it out there that we're not trading the guy that we all knew we weren't trading, um, <laughs> yeah. who's on a still a team-friendly deal and we have control of and an option for after next year. It, it was so bizarre. It, it legitimately felt like Rick Hahn was sitting at home being like, no one's saying my name. Um, so I'm going to float this out there. We're not trading Tim Anderson. Well, now, in fairness, White Sox fans are saying his name, but perhaps not in a positive manner. Yeah, but not in a way that MLB trade rumors can print. Yeah, it's it's you can put it on Twitter, but you can't put it on on MLB trade rumors. Yeah, I don't know what the heck that whole thing has been about. Of you know, you might as well release an article today that says we're not trading Dylan Cease and another one the next day that says <laughs> we're not trading Luis Robert and one the next day we're not trading. I, I, I'm at a loss. Those are the only three, actually. <laughs> well, clearly the other guys aren't getting <laughs> traded either. So we're. Because nobody will take him, but that's it. Exactly. The White Sox don't want to reject that theory. In terms of the AL Central, we saw one signing, really, Josh Bell going to Cleveland. And that's a big deal. That is a big deal. That's a good signing. I know that Bell is streaky, uh, can be very streaky, but when he's good, he's very good. And uh, that was kind of a hole for them uh, in a lot of ways. And well, they are a better team now. Just kind of capsized. They've, they've had a big hole at DH. And then... Naylor's not the greatest glove at first base either, so they've got he can he can be he should be on the White Sox. He's a first baseman slash DH. <laughs> I was honestly shocked we didn't sign him. Uh, I th- I was expecting him to go to the White Sox for something like uh, half a year, thirty five mil, uh, something like that. Just one of the worst contracts you can dream of uh, to go with our Clevenger deal, which was announced at $8 million. Um, I don't think we've even talked about this on here. Clevenger signed, announced at $8 million, and then a few hours later announced at $12 million. <laughs> One well, of those seemed like an okay deal. One of those did not. Uh, and you won't believe which one. Uh, it's it's Clevenger's I, I just don't like Clevenger. And, and I know he was a very, very good pitcher. But a guy who is such a jerk that he not only violates COVID protocol for his team, COVID rules for his team, and he does it, at least Plezak, who's also a jerk, was visiting family. Clevenger was just along for the ride. Then he lies about it. He goes on the team plane. He's got a teammate recovering from cancer. Yeah, Goes on the team plane, in the locker room, the whole bit. And then he's apparently very, very angry that they got rid of him. How dare they? Uh, but the teammates were saying either because this was 2020 where they could just say we quit and say he goes or we go. Uh, and then get into the baseball part. Second, second Tommy Johns 
do not have the success rate the first time they chance. You can be successful. There's some, uh, uh, Jameson Tanya, uh, Drew Rasmus, although they're relievers, they don't have to pitch as much at, at one time. And they're both down maybe three, four ticks on their fastballs. Rasmussen used to be a hundred mile an hour guy. Now he's a mid nineties guy, but he's done the old maturing and learning new pitches thing. But that's not common. It's like 63% ever make it back to the majors. Fewer percentage of that ever make it back to what they were. And, and for one Tommy John, that's 90% and over 80%, depending on who's measuring it, how you got back to what you were. There are different ways to measure that, of course. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's strange. It is uh, the exact deal that I expected the White Sox to make. It is, yeah. it is just so on brand for Rick Hahn, who might be the worst GM in all of baseball right now at this point in time. He might be the worst GM in all of baseball. And the, the fact that we would go out and get a guy who was good in four years ago, five years ago, there were a lot of guys who were good in 2017 who aren't good in 2023. You know, that's just kind of how it works. Uh, but it's so White Sox, it's so unbelievably White Sox to go out and get a guy who you remember was really good against you guys five years ago, give him $12 million, which he's absolutely not worth. If he stays healthy, which he almost never does, you're talking about a guy who's already lost two miles an hour off his fastball in a league where having a fastball that is not really, really fast is borderline useless unless you're a great uh, pitcher when it comes to mixing it up. He's good. He's got some good stuff, but his fastball is probably going to be in the 93 range. That's batting practice these days for Major League Baseball, unless it's moving really well. And, and I, if I recall, his slider speed is way down, too. Slider is very slow. A very slow slider. Um, I, I see this as being a guy who starts as our fifth starter until he gets hurt. Probably has an ERA around the five, five and a half mark. He's not going to benefit from 19 games against the Tigers this season. He's only going to get, they're only going to play 13. So you're not going to get to pad your stats with the AL Central uh, matchups quite as much as you used to be able to. I think this guy's an ERA at five. If he stays healthy, he's an okay fifth starter. I would have taken Johnny Cueto ahead of him um, just because. Now what we've done is we've got a team that is clearly famous. I would say league famous at this point for being dysfunctional in the clubhouse. So many guys are even saying, I won't come play for the White Sox because of the horror stories of the dysfunction. Now we're going to bring in a guy who's classically known for clubhouse dysfunction. It doesn't seem like a smart move. (laughs) Um, I don't know for sure. Maybe Clevenger had like a, an awakening in, in, uh, SoCal. Maybe he was out catching some waves one day and, and the sea gods spoke to him and said, you need to be a better dude. Uh, and, and now he will be that and he'll be the thing that gels the White Sox clubhouse. It's not going to happen, but maybe it will. Well, uh, I, I thought that maybe he and Cease and Graveman could all get together and show each other the, the place on their arms where they didn't get a shot. Yeah, right. It's right under their MAGA tattoos for all of them. Yeah. Um, 
I, that signing was just absolute classic White Sox garbage nonsense. I, I have not spoken to a single person who's excited or interested in that signing. I, I basically think we downgraded uh, a fifth starter, which is not what you want to do in free agency, especially for $12 million. <laughs> not that $12 million is that much money for a one-year starter these days, but it's a lot of money for a two-Tommy John guy who hasn't really been all that good for five years. Uh, I, and it has been four since his second Tommy John. Absolutely. The other thing on the second time, John, is they don't last long. I mean, they may pitch okay after the second Tommy John for a while. I think the average was 51 innings, uh, that they last pretty well. Well, he's already done that. He, he yeah. did that in, in San Diego. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're really <laughs> tempting fate, but I guess it beats spending serious money, which is what they otherwise would have to do. I'm guessing Cueto didn't want to come back. It's, and it's I, quite I've heard possible, Hans but... mentioned something like he would have wanted to come back. So I, I'm not sure I believe that. Cueto, Cueto said things akin to the things that the other experienced pitchers said about the White Sox. The Hendricks said, and, and I'm guessing that's why Hendricks' name has floated around the way it has is he's pretty disgusted or was last year with the team. And now we don't have any outfielders at all. We have one. Outfielder, which we'll we'll talk about. We'll, we have we'll talk about in the second half. But let's let's stay on these pitchers for now. I I think you're right. I mean this this front office is so pathetic in terms of the thickness of their skin that they cannot handle critique of the team by their own players. And if you can't handle that, you can't get better. I'm sorry. These are grown men. If, if they're not allowed to critique their team, which is notoriously dysfunctional, this is not, oh, Liam Hendricks is the one guy who has a problem with how things are being run. Well, it's not no. just the team, it's the whole organization. It's the whole organization. Everybody. And, and uh, as I said, I think on our last podcast, the two weeks ago before we took our week off for the holidays, I, I hope that this is something that Pedro Griffal can come in and change this culture i do think he is going to be the kind of guy who can change a clubhouse culture however has it gone so far down into the gutter that pedro grafal is is coming into just a horrendous situation i think that's possible and i don't know what they're going to do we've said this a million times on this podcast i know they we have to fire the guys at the top Nothing will change. We got rid of Larusa. That was step number one. Step two, Han. Step three, Williams. Brian Storff, obviously, we're stuck with him until he dies. Uh, but we have to clean house, and we're not going to. Things don't change. Not going to happen. When, when you are not willing to be active about changing the culture of your organization, your culture stays the same these are not young guys who you know will learn and change these are older guys who are stubborn and egotistical and conceited and don't give a crap about winning baseball games that's where we're at that's where the chicago white Sox are at i i don't know if i i, I hope i'm completely wrong about all that Let's take our break. Let's come back. Let's one, talk one quick about thing before the break. Yeah. I want to remember, remember to get in here because I, 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 I teed it up. 
Uh, really good hold. This is good for good for <laughs> yeah. radio. Oh yeah, the headline <laughs> from the Sun Times: When will the Cubs and White Sox act like major market teams? How about never? <laughs> Except the Cubs, Cubs have are doing some more Cubs, deals. The Cubs are Cubs are out there, and they're they're supposed to be in on uh, Swanson. I think. And, you know, I hate that I'm saying this. As of right now, with what the rosters are, I think the Cubs will win more games than the White Sox. And if that happens, we should just get rid of the White Sox. We should just get rid of them. We should just cancel them, just be done with them, because this is our championship window. And you're telling me the Cubs, who essentially gave up on the sport of baseball a couple years ago, are now going to sneak in ahead of us? I mean, I'm not saying they've signed marquee guys, but they have they have signed potentially good players in an effort to win baseball games. That's something we're not doing. Let's take our break and come back and talk about how we have a white uh, we have a uh, an outfield with one player uh, who will be standing alone, which honestly might be better than having three guys out there, considering the guys we might have to put out there. Uh, but we it is dire in that outfield. We'll talk about that. When we come back in just a second on Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. First half, we talked a little general free agency and then uh, pitcher woes, uh, pros and woes. Didn't come up with any pros, but we found plenty of woes. I mean, the starting pitching, if Giolito sure. rebounds, it should be fine. Sure. Big if, uh, but you're right. Yeah. You're right. Let's talk about this outfield. <laughs> well, let's, you know, if, 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 if we look at what's missing, because you got 13 pitchers and 13 position players these days on the position side, team that did not produce runs well, let go without much of any fight that we could see their very best run producer of not just this season, but the last nine seasons. Just let them go. Not trying to keep a team with horrible defense. Let go their best defender by by D war. Uh, and Josh Harrison, a team with no outfielders, one outfielder they had let go. They didn't have a choice on Pollock, but they let Engel go. And yes, Engel had a, a terrible season and it was understandable, but you may have wanted to keep him around just so somebody could play the outfield if need be. Yeah. We don't, uh, we don't have a guy you can throw out there to, to play defense late in a game. We don't, I mean, we don't have anyone. Who can catch the ball? And Luis Roberts even a question mark on if he's going to come out and catch the ball next season. It's, it is crazy how bad our outfield will be. Now, granted, if Luis Robert plays his potential, he is an elite outfielder. We could have a, a, an absolutely elite center fielder. However, there's actually a lot of room over on the left side and there's a lot of room over on the right side where you're supposed to put guys. And we don't really have guys we can put there right now. Uh, who are the theory is Andrew Vaughn. 
will move to first base. Which and is that's a, another thing correct. with letting Jose, with, with just kind of waving goodbye to Jose. This was supposed to be the window. It made sense. If you're looking, well, we want to be really good in 2025 and 26. Make sense to let Jose go and bring Vaughn in and get it more. Absolute sense. But if you're saying this is our window, this is our time, that's what they're saying. Then how do you let go your best hitter and replace him with a guy who really struggled in the second half of his two major league seasons? Really struggled. Um, and is also defensively pretty poor. I mean, he may be adequate at first because statues can be adequate at first. Um, but <laughs> so Vaughn has moved out of one corner. Aloy, they want to move to DH, which makes a great deal of sense. So that's the other corner. You've got <laughs> Gavin Sheets out there who managed, I think, minus 13 defensive runs saved while only playing four games, whatever it was. <laughs> um, Oscar Colas coming back, he has 31 at bats in AAA. He's That's a good prospect. He's a very good prospect. He's probably going to be a very good outfielder. And that creates something of a problem in looking for a really good right fielder because if you have a guy coming up, you want to be your right fielder for at least 2024 and probably the latter part of 2023, then who do you go get? Then I feel like, though, I feel like you and I aren't asking for a really good right fielder. I feel no, like we're, we're asking for, for a guy for who can catch a routine fly ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm not expecting us to get anyone spectacular, but we're just simply asking to get a guy in the outfield who's played outfield before. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a big ask as a fan base to say, hey, we would love some guys who've caught a fly ball before to play out there. It's what we ask of our softball team, and we are, as we mentioned before, a playoff team. Uh, <laughs> it is... Uh, yes, Coloss, great prospect. He's our Plus, one. also, great, nickname-wise, nickname-wise. It's got to be Pepsi Coloss. Got to be. I mean, it's yeah, I don't know if it's got to be. I mean, I'm, I'm a Coke guy when it comes to drinking colas, but this is Chicago. We have to go back to the Blues Brothers, or I mean to SNL, which also the Blues Brothers, I think, mm-hmm. and which takes us to Billy Goat Tavern. Which takes us to Pepsi, Pepsi. So it's it's got to be Pepsi Colas. Yeah, okay, you're right. I I don't hate that. I don't hate that. <laughs> but he is, as you said, 31 AAA at bats. I mean, this is there's a reason it takes guys a while to get to the bigs, and it's not like football. It's not like basketball, where you can be right out of school and go right into a starting lineup. It almost never works that way. Sure, you get the occasional Bryce Harper or Juan Soto or uh, Julio Rodriguez in the Mariners right now. But as a general rule, it takes a lot of time in minor league baseball to get major league ready. 31 at-bats at AAA, you're not going to be there yet. I, I have a lot of hope for, Os- for Oscar Colas in the future. I do think yeah, he's I a too. potential great player. Uh, he's kind of the one guy in our farm system I'm truly excited about. Uh, but he's not going to be major league ready on day one. And so who, who's going to be in the outfield, uh, on opening day? Who's, who's in the Leori. outfield? And that's the thing. It's going to be Leori. It's going to be Leori and Gavin Sheets. I mean, your season's already over. 
Your season is already over if that's your major league outfield on opening day. And if that's – here's what I'll say. If that's your major league outfield on opening day and it's not because of injuries, your season is over. It is. That is absolutely pathetic. This is our window, and we are not – We uh, granted, the outfielders who are available are not super exciting um, outside of Aaron Judge, no. who has returned to the Yankees. Well, and, and, and Nemo, but we weren't going to be in the market for Nemo. So. Absolutely. But what we're asking for is just guys who can go out there and catch the ball and play Major League Baseball every day. They are not even sort of seeking that. We are going to end up, I was joking, we were joking with the guys, we're going to end up getting Joey Gallo on like a one-year $70 million deal because <laughs> we will have slept on everyone else. And Gallo, who is, in my opinion, really terrible, uh, he is he is Adam LaRoche slash Nomar Mazzara slash... He actually, defensively, he's okay. He's okay. But then you got to put in a guy who's going to strike out 700 times into the middle of your order. That doesn't get me very excited. I get why we let Abreu go. It made sense to let Abreu go. I know a lot of people think the White Sox made a mistake letting him go. I don't think they did. He's my age. I'm not giving him a three-year contract. I'm surprised Houston did, but I think Jose made the right call. He's going to win a World Series next year. Good for him. Uh, I think moving Vaughn to first is the correct move. I, I think he might actually just become a better player all around if he gets to play a position that he should be playing. I think he'll get a lot better at first base and I think he'll get, he'll be more confident at the plate. That is not something we dream up. Guys do hit better when they're confidently in the field as well, but left field who right field who there is no one second base who, I I mean, this is a joke. Segura is still out there. Uh, but I haven't heard, and you talk about the rumors, there are no rumors of other White Sox have been talking to uh, Gene Segura's people. Uh, yeah, I, I think four shortstops have to go before Segura, probably, so we got For sure. two more of those. But I don't know who besides Segura, the, the one uh, really good trade, because we're going to do trades and our free agents, right? I mean, that's on. We're going to do trade because we can't, we can't spend any money. Forget, you know, they have 15 million come off the books on Dallas Keuchel alone. Yeah. We should have been in the conversation for the four shortstops. I know that people think that's crazy, and that's because the White Sox have programmed us like a cult to think that that's crazy. We are a major market team in our championship window, and we aren't in the conversation for the best free agents. What, and, what and, does we've that got, tell you? and we've got a shortstop who is a very good hitter for a shortstop, but defensively adequate. And would potentially be a stellar second baseman. And exactly. Would be a great second baseman. Can you imagine a combination of, say, Dansby Swanson and Tim Anderson up the middle? Whoa. Trey Turner and Tim Anderson, Carlos Correa and Tim. I hate Carlos Correa. I'd still like to have him. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's crazy that we were not in the conversation. We should have been in the conversation for Aaron Judge. We would have been out of it quickly. <laughs> but when you are a contender who is claiming you're trying to win a World Series, you sign big free agents. You spend money. And we spend money on terrible guys, Keiko. But that money's gone now, Pollock. That money's gone now. We have money to spend. And we're still not going to spend it. What do we do? We give Clevenger... 
a 12 million one year deal, which is fine if you're going to spend money elsewhere to give these pitchers some defense behind them. Because as of right now, whatever defense we would put out there is the worst in baseball again. I mean, there's just, oh, there's yeah. no way around it by, based by on far. what we have. And you, you, some of the, and, and you talk about the second base position where we were solid defensively, except when Valeri was there, but when they let Harrison play, uh, the big trade, but, oh, we're going to trade instead of free agent. Well, the big primary one trade possibility was Colton Wong. He's gone now. Gone. Uh, gone. low, low from, from, from Tampa Bay. It's another possibility, but you can't trade them, Liam Hendricks, or no. even, uh, even, even anybody in the nine, ten million dollar range. You're not going to take anybody that's not a team control for the next three or four years at 700,000 kind of person. Uh, so Graveman's out the question as well. Of course, nobody take Kelly off your hands anyway, but, uh, yeah, I was reading some, I think it was on MLB Trade Rumors talking about how, you know, the White Sox bullpen's in good shape with Graveman and, and Kelly can be a guy who can eat up innings for you. I'm like, who are you watching? Who are you, when Joe <laughs> Kelly's on the mound, he can, he can't eat up one third of an inning right now. The dude, the dude gets slammed within, within and out. So I, it's just absurd to think that Joe Kelly is a valuable, player and or trade chip it's just it's delusional uh we are almost out of time do you have anything else you'd like to touch on today well we must say on the, on the plus side it is very very early in the off season and we've particularly in recent years a lot of action doesn't even come around until late january or early february but this season it's been going pretty fast very fast. Uh, and once this, even if the White Sox refuse to spend any money, real money, uh, real money to you and me, it'd be astounding. But, but yeah. in the baseball world, real money. Uh, if they're not going to and they have to trade, that really has to be ready to go. Because once, you know, two or three players are off the board in each category uh, in free agency, then it's down to trades. And a team that has very, very, very little to trade. Now, if they're going to trade Hendricks, Hendricks has to go to one of the big spending teams. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is spending $15 million on, on a reliever, 30, was he 34, 35 year old reliever? Yeah. Even a very, very fine. And boy, I, I really hope they don't trade him less for baseball. I love watching Liam Hendricks play baseball. Absolutely. We need guys, yeah, Josh Harrison was the most fun guy to watch last year. He's gone. The most fun what guy to watch offensively is Jose. He's gone. Most fun guy to watch pitching. Well, there were two. One of them was Cueto. He's gone. And the other one is Hendricks. <laughs> he's gone. What are we watching? <laughs> Not to mention he's your Roberto Clemente Award nominee. He is a guy who is oh, it's, put it's himself in the community. Incredible human being. If you get rid of Hendricks, you have just committed to just being a bunch of jerks who suck at baseball. I'm sorry. I said it. Go White Sox. That's all the time we have for this week. Uh, we'll see what news develops. We'll probably be back next week, uh, just to, to talk about, you know, what, what the outlook is heading into 2023. And then we'll take a little break for the holidays, but, uh, be safe, be healthy, be happy. Uh, 
and we will catch you next time on Sharing Socks.